Welcome to the Black Heels and Tractor Wheels podcast, where we are sharing stories from a range of women from around New Zealand. For nearly a century, Rural Women New Zealand has been dedicated to strengthening and supporting women and children to become empowered members of their communities. We hope that by hearing these stories from inspiring women all around the country, you'll feel inspired yourself. We're your hosts, Emma Higgins and Claire Williamson, and would love for you to join and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our rural stories. By the way, this podcast is supported by AFCO, Kiwi to the Bone since 1904, and working with our farming families to supply the world with top quality beef and lamb since then. Sarah, I understand that you're based in the Waikato, but life didn't necessarily start out like that. So can you give us a bit of an understanding of whether you started life uh, in the rural space or whether that's something you acquired later on? No, definitely rural life was very foreign to me. Never been on a farm in my life until I met my husband. So yeah, grew up very much a lovely townie. Uh, yep, didn't know what silage was, had never been in a cow shed before, had a lot to learn, but of yeah, marrying into a dairy farming family, born and bred, um, our kids now are fourth generation through our school down here, and yeah, I wouldn't change it now, but I definitely had a lot to learn. That's amazing. So tell us a little bit then about how you met your farmer, because he's obviously been key yeah. to, to where you are now. Uh, probably like lots of Kiwi gals, the old uh, patch in the pub situation. Back in the day, you know, how it, how it happens. Yeah, so funny. So we'd sort of cross paths, uh, you know, and pubs and that, but then sort of went our separate ways and we both went to the UK. We did our OE. We were, yeah, overseas in London for four years, travelling around, and he, we literally pretty much ended up living around the corner from each other uh, and met up again through another mutual friend. And yes, that was a long time ago. We were 21 then and now coming up 42. So yeah, it's been a long time and I know, had um, traveling and everything and then yeah, moved back and met his family and saw the farm for the first time. And yes, all of that. We weren't quite ready to settle down though. When we left London, we came back and I was like, oh, this is a big deal. Like, and I, we weren't, both of us weren't quite ready then to settle down and have kids and everything. And so then we went to Melbourne for four years. So another sort of chunk of city life. And then, yeah, and then moved back, made the shift back to work the farm and yeah, start a family and everything. And that was like uh, 2007. Yeah, so Wow. Wow. So quite a while now um, mm. that you've been back on the farm. Yeah. Paint a wee bit of a picture for our listeners. So now you are living on the farm with your husband and three children, I think. Is that correct? That's and great, yeah. you also have this business that we've, we're going to get into sh- shortly called Strong Woman. But Pay, fill in a few of these gaps for us around um, when you came back from Melbourne and you, you came back to the farm and what's happening now in your life I didn't work on the farm the thought of working on the farm freaked me out to be honest Uh, so I was very much still working there I worked for flight center I loved my job I worked for flight center for eight years uh, which was sort of a natural career path. I'd started in Melbourne actually, but after traveling the world and just got, you know, the real travel itch. So yeah, I worked in travel and tourism for 
quite a while. So when we first came back, I was um, traveling. I managed the local flight center for quite a few years um, until I got pregnant and started having babies, <laughs> basically. I went back after our first one, but when I was pregnant with number two, sort of at that stage, realized the commute to work and it just wasn't going to work anymore. And by then, I sort of wanted to be on the farm by then. I didn't, not that I didn't want to, but it just was still foreign to me kind of thing. But now... I don't know. It's all pr- just part of your journey, isn't it? I wouldn't change anything now. And I'm more on the farm, work on the farm with him and help him now. Please now tell us a wee bit about this beautiful business that you've created. So I'm going to be honest here. How I found you is mm-hmm. through a wonderful woman that I know, Chloe, who um, owns and runs Senior Clothing. So, and yes. her, yeah, and her. Yes, it is. And so you're now an ambassador for Xenia, as I understand it. And this, just for, for listeners, um, this is a beautiful business that has really bright, colourful tights and Sarah wears them very, very well. Um, mm-hmm. So tell us the story of Strong Woman and also how you got involved with Xenia um, and kind of just, yeah, what, what business life looks like for you these days. So... I guess the start of Strong Woman started from the journey that sort of brought me into starting Strong Woman. So I had a cancer journey five years ago, coming up six years ago, actually. My last chemo dose was my son's third birthday. So I'll never forget the day of when it all finished. But that journey then led me into starting starting Strong Woman. So, um, So I had something called a molar pregnancy. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Now I've hear lots of people um, say, "Oh, I had I've had a molar as well," and um, not common, but not uncommon. About one in a thousand pregnancies uh, is a molar pregnancy, so the it just the baby doesn't form properly. So the whole fertilization stage, something goes wrong, but you still trend like you're pregnant. So your tummy's still growing, um, your HCG levels are rising, and if you didn't hadn't you know women that don't have scans or anything like that you would think you were pregnant just with a normal baby um but it's not a baby it's just a nothing like a mass of cells strange time and for most women a lot of women will miscarry they'll miscarry the baby or um yeah you have to have a like a dnc and they they take all of the tissue out because it's not a um viable pregnancy and then that's usually the end of it um if it's not then you some some women have to have chemotherapy uh, which obviously isn't very nice if you get told you have to have chemo um it is treatable a molar pregnancy so you can have um like a low grade chemotherapy that then hopefully gets rid of it type thing right and then you're all fine uh, my, for me, unfortunately, it, it didn't work. So the chemo failed, basically. It didn't work. Uh, and then the mass of cells, like it basically grew a tumour and it turned into something called choriocarcinoma, which is a rare, fast-growing, um, aggressive cancer, basically, in your uterus. So I ended up with that, which was not um, very fun. Um yeah, and it ended up in six months of pretty intensive um, chemo. Yeah, so I lost my hair and it was pretty tough. The kids were young. They were only five, three and two at the time. So we went through a pretty massive, yeah, journey then. 
yeah, and Matthew was still working on the farm and trying to keep the farm together and very grateful for his parents who live um, 5Ks up the road from us on another farm up the road. They were amazing. His mum did so much for us, helped with the kids and um, all of that kind of thing because, yeah, it was pretty pretty tough at that time. But, um, yeah, so after that journey, getting back to my becoming fit and healthy again, I was at rock bottom, right? Like after you've had chemo or anything, like lots of... People have different health things or things where you're literally at rock bottom. I had to get myself back again. And so through that stage, I thought, well, I decided to share my story and I started up a Facebook page. And after having chemo and pretty rough, like it was pretty rough, a strong woman, the strong was just, you had you have to be strong when you're having chemo, right? So I just figured that was a pretty good name for my blog. Like it was just like a sharing Facebook page at that point. Yeah. So I started sharing my journey back to health of getting my fitness back and eating right and all of that stuff. And then the business, I hadn't even thought about it being a business at that point. And it just sort of grew legs from there. Yeah. So that was five years ago. Coming up six years ago. Yeah. Amazing. Hmm. That's absolutely amazing. I can't even begin to imagine what that would have been like with children that young as well. And I mean, I know that you gave a massive shout out to obviously your, your husband and your mother-in-law, but like practically, how did, if you don't mind me asking, how did that work almost on a, on a day-to-day basis? I mean, I'm just trying to get my hmm. head around, were there other avenues of support that you could draw upon or were you genuinely, you just had to really be a strong woman and mm. also physically you're dealing with this, but home life still goes on and you've still got three little people to show up for every day. That's incredible. It was super challenging. And I honestly, my heart would go out to anyone who doesn't have a support person or support networks around them to help them because it was just the little things that cooking the dinners, you just have no energy. Some days I was, or by the end of it, I was, I couldn't get out of bed. So cooking a meal just wasn't an option. I couldn't cook dinner. So when you're rural, what do you do? You don't just get a takeaway. And I didn't want to feed my kids takeaways. So very, I'll always be so grateful for our local referral community here. And I was heavily involved with Play Centre then with the kids being little. So shout out to Play Centre, <laughs> all the Play Centre mums and all my dear friends then all rallied around. They had a full roster going of meals and we had like, loads of baking and dinners and yeah because it's funny because I was sick but I've said this loads of times to to people over the years too people forget like about Matthew as the support person so he's the key person that has to hold everything together but who's looking after him as well and he was on the farm trying to do that and I was not much use for anything so for people to come in and step in and help him with the meals and his mum with the kids and yeah I I just I don't know how we would have done it otherwise Mm, it would have been very very tough they were little and no two-year-olds they want their mum there yeah it was pretty tough two's a tough age to Mm. anyway (laughs) um generally speaking two's a tough age when you (laughs) when you're perfectly well like yeah that's right That's right incredible so that's Mm. a wonderful tip and takeaway I think that I'm going to pick up from this just ordinarily is just uh, you make such a great point to you know really wrap around the support person of the person that is going through the tough time mm. that's such a yeah. that's such a wonderful practical piece of advice yeah, like, yeah. I think so I think yeah. 
there's things, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, no one wants to, cancer's, you know, no one wants to have it or anyone to go through it that they love, but coming out of it, I do, I have, I did learn a lot, you know, you, you just take out of it what you can, don't you, because you want to put it to good use. And so now I'm like, yeah, if a good friend's going through it or family are going through it, I've offered advice to lots of people over the years of what to expect on the journey and how they're going to feel. And I mean, every cancer's different, everyone's journey's different. But little things, yeah, I just try and help where I can. And so I'm keen to understand upon your journey. So you you talked about basically creating almost like a a blog to begin with. Mm. Who did you meet along the way from this journey that has really, um, they've either stuck through you and they're in this next phase of your life or they've just been super inspirational along that time? Because I can imagine it's such a pivotal moment in life. There's almost before cancer and then there's life after cancer as well so how did that journey that you went on how did that change in a way for the better through people that you've met um yeah I think when I decided to turn strong on into a business then that opens doors to meeting other business women doesn't it and inspirational women I don't know I, I had a lot of time when I wasn't when, when I was sick lying in bed and what do you do so I'd read lots and you know, even on Instagram, listening to different interviews and stuff like that. Um, well, Zen, you Clay, then we talked about before. Chloe's come in along the way and, yeah, having networks of people around me like that. But I think you, you do look at things differently. There are people that were in my life before that probably aren't now. I just, and I don't think that's a bad thing. We all, I don't know, grow, don't we, and change. It is interesting, isn't it? Because we've also interviewed someone else kind of around this topic, um, but more broadly around grief. And yeah, she just also echoed very similar things around, you know, you do go on a journey and and mm. some people don't know how to deal with adversity, really, and, okay. and how to talk to people who are going through such yeah. a really hard hard time as well. So that's mm. totally understandable. I don't. And I, I found it strange at the time, looking back now, a few good friends who were close friends who literally just, I didn't hear from them. And I was like, do they not care? They did care. They just didn't know what to say. They didn't know what to do. They felt helpless. Yeah, but I took that as they're not caring about me or thinking about me or people react very differently. Yeah. I find that so interesting too because I I, I do remember something that um, Ellie actually said in in the podcast um, with her around you know, people often say, I'm sure you heard it as well, like, oh, if there's anything I can do, just let me know. And for someone who is in that really difficult, challenging space of their life, mm. they probably actually just almost don't know what, what it is that that person mm. could do. And and I remember her saying, like, it'd be great if someone, if people said things like, hey, if I made you dinner, would that be helpful? If I took mm. your children to school, would that be helpful? And do, do you agree with that? Like, and, and what was your experience in that space? Because I think um, for people listening, Having those real practical tips about like, hey, if this happened to my friend, what should I do? Like, mm. what's your advice for that? Definitely. Um, specific things that you can help with. So same, if you're a, you do everything on your own and you're a proud, we don't, as women, we don't like asking for help because you just don't, and you don't want to trouble or bother your friends because you know they're busy and they've got their life goes on, right? Everyone else keeps going, but you st- you're standing still. So, uh, yeah, and friends would say, oh, let me know if I can do anything. 
well, that's pretty loose. Like, and I wasn't going to go, oh, um, and when you're sick, I, I literally had no energy to even think about what they could help me with. Whereas the specific friends, like the ones that made the meal roster, bloody epic, because we knew every night we were going to get a dinner delivered. So my tip to anyone would be to say specifically, and I had another girlfriend who would say, um, I'm going to town on a Thursday, I'm picking my groceries up at this time, book one for then and I'll pick your groceries up and drop Great. them off or things like that. Yeah, so you just, Great. to make it easier for the person, yeah, so they don't have to think. But you just, yeah, when your brain's yeah. not working, yeah. it's hard to think. <laughs> I actually also think sometimes we use that line as almost a get out of jail card. So, sure. hey, let me know if you need anything. Yeah. And then I immediately feel better because mm-hmm. I have offered you help. And then it's on you if you decide to take it up or not. And we think, oh, well, we've done it, but they know that we're here if, if, if they mm-hmm. need us. But clearly mm-hmm. they haven't reached out, so therefore they're all good. And then yeah. we can go about our day, uh, our life as per mm-hmm. usual. And we're mm-hmm. not really forced into any uncomfortable situations, really, where we're, we're challenged. And we have yeah. to have those really confronting conversations with ourselves around just embracing mm-hmm. the awkwardness and saying, hey, I hear life's really shit right now. Can I do mm-hmm. this for you, X, Y, and Z? Yeah, totally. And checking in on the friend that you know is going through a really shitty time and you have said to them, hey, let me know if I can do anything. Are they going to say, oh, God, I really need you to cook me dinner and I don't have any groceries and my house is a mess? And are they going to tell you any of that? Of course they're not going to. But you've ticked the box in your brain to go, oh, that's good. I've messaged that person. I feel better now. But actually, have you achieved anything? And that poor friend doesn't want to ask, you know. But then there's also a fine line. You don't want to overstep, do you? Because then you think, oh, maybe I'm... Maybe that maybe they don't want my help, or I think a meal. You can't go wrong with cooking a meal, especially for a family with kids. Bake. We're good at bakers as women. Bake something, <laughs> you know. Feed Absolutely. them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. We're just going to take a short break so you can hear a word from our sponsors. AFCO has been part of the fabric of rural New Zealand since 1904 partnering with livestock farmers across New Zealand, supplying quality beef and lamb to markets across the world. This naturally means AFCO works closely with individual farming families and wider rural communities, providing the support where it's needed. Nurturing the grassroots of New Zealand's farming success story, that's AFCO. Kiwi to the bone since 1904. Um, So pivoting pivoting slightly, now that you've been on the farm for a really long time, Mm. what do you like about living rural um I love living rurally now I wouldn't change it yeah I think our kids now just their upbringing that they have is awesome you know like Charlie our son is eight he's been banging on about a motorbike for years like he would have been on one when he was three or something if he could have <laughs> that's probably me being a town he was like oh I don't want him on a bike and I have have struggled with that a little bit but now that he's got it he loves it and it's so cool going out and he just wants to be like dad he wants to lock the cows away and he wants to go and shut the gate and do this and do that and you know it's just yeah it's just cool and I just think I don't know they do have an awesome you know and we work hard obviously everyone on a farm works super hard long hours and you know Matthew's up really early going out to milk the cows and but he's still around he can make time to be around you know like for the kids sports days and 
assemblies or anything like that, he can juggle the day around to get off the farm to get there. Whereas you might not have been, might not be able to do that if you're in town in an office. So I think I'm pretty grateful for that. Yeah, that's actually one of the really beautiful things about um, the lifestyle that you get from from living on a farm and working on a farm because you can often move things around to just be super present in some of those events. I I have pondered this before, but you've just reminded me. So thank you for that. Sarah, so you obviously live quite a busy life. We know that rural women live a very, very busy lives and particularly, you know, with having the farm and a business um, and obviously three children. So you are a health expert. <laughs> well, I would call you a health expert. And we, we're constantly getting bombarded with challenges around mental health and women looking after themselves. And I think that you probably see this a lot in the work that you do. So could you share some things with us around perhaps how you take care of yourself, how you fill up your own cup, but also um, what you see maybe some of the other women in your community do um, to be the best versions of themselves for their families, for themselves, for their partners, for their communities? Oh, I do see it a lot. We've, the struggle's real sometimes, right? We see it right at the start. We're all juggling a million balls in the air. As women, we've all got a million things to do. We're the, the ones that look after everybody else, and we are always right down the bottom of our own priority list. Um, but the whole you can't pour from an empty cup is <laughs> so true. Um, so I would say to women plan 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 and just schedule in that me time or that time for yourself like an appointment you know we're all racing our kids to a sports game and you wouldn't miss them getting getting there but we always get missed off so yeah hey I have to work on this too myself but I've tried really hard to be like right like mountain biking you guys I'm starting to become a mountain biker I'm not an expert but I'm getting there so I'm like right these friends have said come on come with us go biking and I'm always too busy always putting it off and I've just this year I've said to myself right I'm going mountain biking and every Friday morning if I can do the best unless you know something super urgent comes up but otherwise I block out my Friday morning and I just that's my me time and it's nothing to do with the farm it's nothing to do with the kids you know, husband says, oh, can you do this and can you do that? No, I'm busy and I just go and I try and really keep to that and I just think whatever it is, something little that's just for you every week, ideally moving your body, right? So if it can be something around exercise, nutrition, uh, fueling your body the right way, something along those lines that's just for you that you really try hard to keep as an as an appointment and small something small yeah. I, I hear that all the time too women say right I'm gonna be a runner I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that and blah 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 and they want to change everything all at once and they're just setting themselves up to fail from the start because it has to be sustainable right so small changes that's my top tip that is <laughs> key you know, can actually achieve yeah I'm the classic, it's all or nothing with me. So I'm like, right, it's Monday morning. Here we go. I'm going to be so skinny this week. And then all of a sudden I'll have like a terrible meeting and things will go south and I'm like, okay. And that's me done for the entire week. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, it's, it's awful. So you're so right. Yeah, starting yeah. small. And, you know, we make, like you say, you know, we make appointments all the time for everyone else in the family. Mm -hmm. Let's make an appointment for us and yeah. keep to that appointment as well. Because as you say, you know, when mum goes down, the whole family goes down, really. 
and I'm starting to learn that as well myself. So Yeah, totally. Keep up with everything. And you're not doing it to the best of your ability either, are you? Like if you're stretched so thin that you can't, yeah, I just it's just not good for anything for your physical health, but your mental health and well-being as well. So what I struggle with is giving myself permission to relax. Yeah. Because because I operate with a to-do list and because mm-hmm. it's so long. If mm-hmm. I'm not multitasking, I feel like something's missing and I'm not mm-hmm. being the most productive person that I could be. But yeah. then I do notice that the quality of myself that I'm bringing back to my family suffers mm-hmm. because of that. Mm-hmm. I've only just discovered this in the last week. Hence why I'm telling you this. And I enjoy the nods that I'm getting back in return because it feels like I've, I've, I'm on this self-awareness journey and it's good. We talk about it a lot in Strong Woman Me Time and um, every Sunday I put up little posts into our online community, Self Love Sunday, just as a reminder that every Sunday I say to them, do something just for you, even if it's just making a cup of tea and sitting outside with a book just for 10 minutes or something to tick that wellness box. And it doesn't always have to be fluffy and having bubble baths and having candles and all of that. I mean, who has time for that, really? Not not many of us. But the self-love is going for a walk, you know, putting your shoes on and just saying to your husband, do you know what, honey, you're going to cook dinner tonight because I really have to get outside for my exercise. Otherwise, I'm going to feel like crap. And, you know, if we don't feel good, we can't we can't support and do everything else in our lives fully if we are not taking care of ourselves first so absolutely absolutely I love that um and sometimes for me I know this sounds a bit silly particularly in this whole working from home space and I love that you're wearing your strong women t-shirt but I also sometimes don't put on like nice clothes to work and I'm like when Mm. I do that I have a great productive day so I'm just going to share that wee tip that Emma shared hers earlier (laughs) yeah um but Sarah, I'd just like to ask, um, please can you tell us a little bit about your strong women community? What do you do? What kind of mm-hmm. services do you provide um, for our women? Is it um, nationwide? Is it based um, near around you? Um, what mm-hmm. kind of things do you guys do? And how do you make an impact? Because I think you're just such an impact-driven person. It's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so it's sort of grown legs over the years. It started small just for our local, my local community here with local fitness classes on the field and um, one-on-one personal training um, sessions here at the house. Husband, um, ex-builder, so he used to be a builder before he was a farmer, so he's quite handy. So we had a funny old shed out the back and he's converted it into a gym for me out there. So that was good. So yeah, it was sort of there. And then I just kept getting a lot from the online platform, from the blog, um, the Facebook page, more and more ladies saying, well, I want to do it and where, how can I get in, in on this as well? And they were like in Christchurch or in Nelson or somewhere and I was like, right, there's a bit of a need here, especially for a rural woman that can't get to a gym and can't, and not everyone wants to go to a gym, but just to be able to exercise and know what to do. Um, I find a lot of women want to be fit and healthy, but they don't know where to start and they just don't know what to do. So I tried to create strong women Um, not specifically for rural women, but just for busy women that need a bit of support and help. Um, Yeah, so that's where the online platform started. So now I set up my tripod and I film workouts every week. Um, It's not just exercise, though. I've got a full um, recipe. So healthy eating is a big part of it too, right? So 
you can print off a recipe and get a healthy dinner that you can cook for your family and just tips and ideas. And we have wellness um, hacks and things like that every week and the Facebook um, support the community. So it's a closed group. And yeah, I feel so just blessed with the ladies that we've got in there. Just so lovely and so supportive. And I think on any journey, any health journey, um, it's just key to have that support around you. So yeah, so the ladies will share and chat about what they've done and what meal they've cooked or what exercise they've done. And everyone goes, oh, that's awesome. And then they feel good. And then I feel good. And that's just cool. So yeah, I don't know. So that's the, the guts of it really. But I've kept um, upskilling myself over the years. So I've done um, nutrition um, courses. So I'm health coach. So I do one-on-one nutrition coaching with ladies over the phone as well. Um, yeah. And I've, what else have I done? Pilates. I wanted to do Pilates. <laughs> so I've become a Pilates instructor now as well. So I take Pilates and yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just cool. Continually learning and evolving and developing. Yeah. That is so yeah. neat. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So you've created what sounds like from all accounts a super successful wee business you have now got this you know you're you're in the I guess the the chapter of your life where you've got growing kids you've got a really busy life um but I'm sure there's lots of things that you've got planned for the next 12 months Mm. what will the coming year look like for you Sarah yeah I was thinking about this before I just sort of want a quiet year I know that sounds funny but always like exactly what you just said you're always chasing something what's my next goal what's my next what am I going to study next what box am I going to tick next and this year I said to myself I actually don't want to do any more study I don't want to tick any more boxes as far as I just want to be better at what I'm doing now um I just want to be the best that I can be now for the ladies that I've got ultimately as a business obviously the business grows awesome the more ladies that we can get on board that I can help and support on their journeys, then awesome. But yeah, I'm not going to go out and get crazy and learn some new exercise thing or some, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I just want to carry on ticking along with with what I'm doing really. And health-wise, after chemo, um, I got hit with a pretty gnarly arthritis um, about two years back. So I live with arthritis now as well. Um, so I just, as well, from a health point of view, I just don't want anything else to happen to me. <laughs> Much worse. Yeah, I just hope every day that I can, I just feel grateful every day that I can get out of bed and move my body and feel fit and healthy and inspire others to, to do that as well. Yeah, so that's, that's all I want to do at the moment, really. <laughs> that, that really is so inspiring, Sarah. And I think just picking up on what you said about um, almost the consolidation of some of that learning that you've done over the last couple of years. It's it's really funny because I feel a little bit like that as well. You know that mm-hmm. that of hey, actually, I've I've had so many things on the go, and it's just actually really nice to be able to go cool, yep. And I'm consolidating that knowledge and getting better at the things that I'm already doing, mm-hmm. and that's that's really awesome. And I yeah. think some wise said to me the other day um, that when you do that you can actually amplify your impact beyond what you know and I think that Mm. you're doing that that really well so the last thing I just like to say Sarah is um thank you for being so brave courageous um sharing your very challenging story with us today and also being so honest about um what that challenge looked like for you and for your family and thank you for being 
so inspiring to other women who not only have maybe gone through a similar journey but are looking as well and yeah here at Rural Women New Zealand we just love seeing um, women like you embody the values that we love um, and and embrace so thank you so much for all your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel really chuffed that you asked me. So yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, just want to be the best that we can be, right? We just all want to live, be our strongest self. And I think I just want to say for my last top tip, just be grateful for what you've what you've got and what you have. You know, you've only got one body, you've only got one one chance. Yeah. Don't wait for quite often we wait until a big health scare or a family member has a big health scare to go shit I better start looking after myself so don't wait for that to happen yeah every day that you are fit and able and can get out of bed and put your shoes on and go for a walk and just bloody do it because you'll regret it later if you don't so that's my top tip for today you guys I just feel like you're literally speaking to my soul right now because this is where I'm at. <laughs> Honestly, I just, this is this been a very relevant discussion. So thank you. Rural Women New Zealand is a community of like-minded women who are doing amazing things in their respective regions and communities. This podcast celebrates the achievements, successes, and stories of our rural women, which are also the foundations for our organization's rich history. We want you to be part of our future story. So please join us by clicking on the link in the show notes, and we look forward to welcoming you into the fold. Mm -hmm.